Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline podcast. This is episode 50 and I am here with Tyler. Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Greg. It's good to be back. I've been away for a while doing the podcasting, but I'm glad to be back and and doing it, even though my voice is kind of (laughs) gone. Yeah, last week I was in Mexico, so... uh, Yeah, fuck you too. It's very (laughs) depressing to be back in the the 40-degree weather when I was just in the 80s all week, but... We have a show to do tonight because people have been asking, when is the podcast coming back? And I told them, hold on, I'm back from Mexico now, so we're recording tonight. (laughs) Today is the 27th of March, and we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, draft, the 2019 draft, which we will know in about two weeks where we land in that draft. They're doing it really early this year, which I think is better. It's going to get people excited, and hopefully it makes people do their research. So we know that everyone is hoping for the top pick, which we all know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, number one is going to be Jack Hughes. Yes. Uh, But we don't know, and I shouldn't say we don't know, but we were just going through, and and maybe some of you don't don't know who the rest of these prospects are. So we're going to break down the Red Wings right now. The lowest they can drop is six. Yes. We're going to break down. Yep. So we're going to break down three prospects uh, of who they would take if they landed in two, three, and then anywhere below three. I believe there are three people that would be available to us in those positions, uh, which are the people they would take. So we'll start with another one that you guys are probably all familiar with, and that is Capo Caco. Uh, I'm going to read his bio really quick. And then uh, we'll go to Tyler, and he'll he'll go through some of his stats and 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 what his thoughts are. So the bio on Cavocaco, and he's basically rated to by every uh, draft site you could find: Hockey Prospects, Future Considerations, ISS. Uh, McKenzie's got him at two. So it says Capo is a quick-thinking winger. Capo never seems to be in a rush. His heads-up game is exp- is exceptionally well and finds himself a step ahead while the play is still developing. He is confident with the puck and capable of handling it in small spaces. With decent size for a player of his age, Capo protects the puck well and uses his high hockey IQ to make smart offensive plays. He plays a fair game and is already strong enough to compete with men in the Finnish Liga. Kako excels offensively and beats opponents with smarts and skill both on and off the puck. 
So Tyler, if you want to go through uh, his stats this season and then your take on Capo Caco. Yeah, for TPS in the Liga, which is their men's league in, in Finland, he had uh, 38 points in 45 regular season games. And right now in the playoffs, I don't know if they're still currently playing, uh, but they've played four games. And he had uh, four points, three goals, and one assist, six penalty minutes, and a minus two. I know the plus-minus stat is kind of dwindling. Also, from what I remember seeing him the most uh, was in the World Juniors this year. And he was tremendous in the gold medal game. Um, I'm not sure how many points he had in that gold medal game, but in the tournament as a whole, he had five points in seven games. And I think one of the goals was in the gold medal game. And he had three assists. So he was good. And and he really did stand out. He kind of reminds me a little bit of a Patrick Line kind of player because he is a goal scorer, but he also has some more playmaking than Line. I don't know if you have a better comp than Line, but that's that's what I've seen. I I think you're it's on par. I I don't think he's gonna score as much as Line because he also has that playmaking ability. I think yep. he's a better playmaker than Patrick Laine. He actually just broke uh, Alexander Barkov's record. Uh, so with 21 goals in the season, he was tied for first with Alexander Barkov on the all-time list among under-18 players in the Liga. So wow. at the time, yeah. And, and that's for playing in a men's league under-18, that's pretty nuts. Uh, but I think there's a chance that Kako could surpass Hughes for first overall especially for a team that that needs the scoring and for a team that thinks that he may be a little more NHL ready than Jack Hughes because he's played against men well I'll say one thing and one thing only if Ken Holland and if this is a big if the Red Wings were to get the first (laughs) overall pick and Ken Holland it's like, nah, we're good with Jack Hughes. We like Capo Caco. And Capo Caco turns out to be this <laughs> awful player. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anything that Ken Holland did in the, the playoff streak and everything like that, it, it's going to be gone by the wayside because you wasted a first overall pick. So I don't... <laughs> he better get this one right. I don't think there's any chance in Capo Caco being a bust. I think he honestly, uh, Jack Hughes and Caco are probably the only two guarantees in this entire draft. I feel like there's there's a little bit of uh, doubts coming out now, and I'm, I'm not sure what's bringing it on because they they seem to not be so worried about it earlier this year. Uh, but we're going to go on to the next person who is Vasily Podkolzin at number three. Now, the weird part comes in. They're not sure if he wants to come over here from the KHL or if he would come over here. So he's ranked three, like to go third by almost every draft site. But my problem is that do you put a third round pick out and just say, we're taking you even if you're you have any doubt in your mind? that he he comes here so the quote, yeah the quotes on him from craig button is he's a complete winger with all the qualities that you want in a player and then draft in europe says very strong on the puck plays the hard way fierce but disciplined sound puck management possesses an effective move to his forehand my only other problem with him was that his sample size is not super huge well i i mean the this kind of surprises me because the silly pot Pot, Pot Colson. Colson. Pot Colson. 
uh, really kind of reminds me how his stock has risen, risen kind of like just Barry Kotkaniemi, even though he's not a center, obviously. He's kind of a player. Oh, no, he is a player from, you know, overseas that a lot of people haven't seen a whole lot of. Like, he even played in the World Juniors this year and only had three points in seven games. But for all of you that don't know, that don't watch the World Junior team, uh, Valery Bragan, the coach of Russia, he's um, he's very against playing younger players. So he was 17 in this tournament this year. So he didn't get a whole lot of ice time. To have three points in seven games uh, is pretty good without any ice time, barely. So I don't know. I mean, this this is one of the this is where you start to get dicey in this draft. And you know, I mean, if you draft him and he comes, great. If you draft him and he doesn't come, you just wasted a third overall pick on a player that may or may never play in the National Hockey League. So that's yeah. that's the risk you take. However, um, I'll give you his stats. He played in. In the KHL, he only played three games with the men league, but then he played in the VHL, which is the equivalent of the AHL to the KHL. Sorry, a lot of HLs here. He had 14 games played. He had five points, two, uh, two goals and three assists, and then in the playoffs he had uh, three points in eight games, so not even close to a point-per-game player, not even in the VHL, but at 17 years old. And then in the MHL, which is like the ECHL of that, um, he had 12 games played at eight points, so it's six two goals and two assists in 12 games. And then he also played in the playoffs for them. This guy's playing in the playoffs for everybody. <laughs> he had three games played, two goals and one assist, so I guess that's a point per game. I just – this one really kind of scares me a little bit. The, the risk factor of him going to the KHL or staying in the KHL and playing for SKA St. Petersburg, which is basically – you know, the, the equivalent of the New York Yankees to, uh, you know, the KHL over there. Yeah, that's Putin's team. That's Putin's team. They win every year just about. Um, <laughs> I wonder why. I want, Yeah, exactly. I wonder why. But, like, I don't know. That That's the thing that just scares me about Vasily Potkolzin. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. It's scary to, to risk a pick on someone that there's even the smallest chance of them not coming over here. Now, I think if you get the number three pick and you draft him, uh, he's playing with Datsuk. So, uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, there could be the little bit of, of sway there. He talked to Datsuk. Datsuk says how great of an organization the Red Wings are and convinces him to come over. But I'm. it's probably at three the only place where I say I'm on the fence. Yeah. Do you do you take him or do you kind of reach a little bit? Now no, he is also very young. Um, he's one of the younger people in the draft. He's 17 years and eight months. So when the draft rolls around, he'll be like just 18. Yeah. But like you said, there's not a lot of data on him. So yeah, you run the risk of of doing what what uh, Kirill Kaprizov has done to uh, to Minnesota. You know, they they used a pick on him and. He still hasn't come over, and we don't know if he's is if he's ever going to come over. Kirill Kaprizov is a tremendous player. However, we don't know if he's ever going to come over. So the Wild may have, have uh, wasted a pick there. And, and I guess that's just the nature of drafting Russian players is that Russia really, really is against them coming over here because they're trying to keep their program alive. I think and... less so now than it used to be, though. Yeah, but there are still some some executives in the KHL that 
basically tell their players, no, you're not going over to the NHL. I mean, they think they have the best program in the world, and they'll say that yeah. over and over again, even though they know they don't. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We we talked about this during the World Juniors. I was talking to a friend of mine who kind of is working in hockey right now. And Russia hockey is not even close to what it was 10 years ago, let alone when, when they were the Soviet Union and they were great hockey players. Not that they don't pump out great hockey players, but that, like, everybody's kind of the same. And I don't know who it was that was on NHL Network Radio. It might have been Mike Johnson or something. He was kind of saying the same thing, that, like, the Russians just don't develop like they used to. I mean, maybe it's it's the training factor that they, they still do these ridiculous amount of skating drills and they do a ridiculous amount in the gym. And, like, the the, the lifestyle and the, the, the demand of playing hockey in Russia is so much different than it is here. Yeah, Kaprasov was a fifth-round pick by the Wild. It, by the way, it was Ryan Whitney that said it on, oh. on uh, Spitting Chicklets. That's what it was. Kaprasov was a fifth-round pick, but he's killing it in the KHL. Yeah, he is. Yep. He's almost a point-per-game player every season. Minnesota is... might get him over here next year. I well, he shocked. was drafted in 2015, so that was a while ago. Yeah. So now here's the – we'll move on to the third person, and this is where um, I think – I think if you draft, you could even maybe take him at three if you're super sketch about Pod Colson. But if you drop out of three and you're drafting between three and six, you're taking Bowen Byram. Uh, Bowen Byram is the top defenseman in the draft. There is no one. I would say there's probably not another defenseman that comes close to his level. Bowen Byram is one of the ones that I watched a lot of tape on. And the kid's nuts. He's a great, I mean, super sound defensively, but he can also take that slot up right right to the right or left of the net. He's super sneaky, and he'll score from, from those two areas. But his bio says, an exceptionally gifted defenseman that knows his strengths and plays by them. He possesses elite skating ability and is at his best when playing high-energy, up-tempo hockey, which is not really the Red Wings game. He handles the puck well and is able to keep control of it under pressure. He makes calculated decisions that consistently shift momentum in his team's favor. His creativity in the offensive zone speaks to his confidence in his ability to be a game changer. Defensively astute, he actively takes away lanes and limits options for the oncoming opposition. All in all, Bowen Byram is a workhorse that understands how to take advantage of turnovers and shift the pace of play in favor in all three zones. And that's from Curtis Joe, but uh, he is ranked anywhere between five and six. I don't yep. think anyone has him. No, he's ranked four by ISS hockey. So he's ranked between four and six. Yeah, and yeah, if the way the tank or if the way the tankathon shakes out and I sim the lottery, I mean, you're looking top, top six is probably going to, to not have really anyone in there that's super, super needy for defense. But I do think Bowen Byram is probably the third or, or the fourth or fifth best um, player overall in the draft and the best defenseman. Yeah, well, I mean, at, at, at one point or another, if you don't get the first or the second overall pick, you kind of, at three, if you end up with three, you're going to have to either try to trade up into that top two or you're going to have to make a pick. And I would not go with Pod. Pod to Colson, I would go with uh, Bowen Byram because defensemen 
you know, the, the wings have some that are starting to emerge, but, you know, to add another one to that, you know, Chalowski, Hironik, um, you know, those kind of guys, uh, you know, even some of the guys in the AHL and some of the guys still coming over, like Gustavo Lindstrom and those guys, they pretty much would, you know, just continuing to add to that uh, crop of defensemen, you know, will definitely benefit them in a few years for sure. And Bow and Byram, just, just so you guys know, he had 67 games played this year in the uh, WHL, which is the Western Hockey League in Canada. He had 71 points, 26 goals, and 45 assists, and he had 80 penalty minutes. <laughs> so he's he's got to be physical a little bit anyways. He's scrappy. And, uh, he played three playoff games out of five points, two goals, three assists. Uh, again, two penalties, but, you know, so I don't know. I mean, this, this is one thing that that starts to scare me about this draft. It's not totally deep, it doesn't look like especially Bowen Byram's only 17 years old. So, you know, basically you draft him and he's going to be going back to Vancouver to play with the Giants next year and probably the year after. And then he'll get a chance in the AHL or or maybe even the NHL out of camp in two years. Yeah, what's pretty crazy about Bowen Byram is if you look at his stats for uh, this season, he's second in points on his team as a defenseman. So there's a center that also plays right wing above him with 78 points. He's second with 71. And the third person on the team uh, has 60. So for, for a defenseman, that's pretty crazy. He also has the highest plus minus on his team at plus 33. Yeah. He's your defenseman. If, if you miss out on the lottery, which I mean, come on, the Red Wings, they're, they're going to miss out on the lottery. We're going to be between four and six. But if you're in that position and you you say we're three, we're four, I say even at three, take Bowen Byram um, because Pod Colson, it's a, it's a crapshoot. And, I mean, if you would have asked me a couple days ago, I would have said take Pod Colson for sure. But going back, looking at it, hearing the reporters say, eh, he might not come over, there's, there's a doubt there. And I say if there's any doubt, you don't waste that number three pick. Unless you know through Datsuk or you know through the grapevine that eventually he's going to come over to the NHL. That's uh, yeah, the only way. That's the, the only way. Exactly. That's what I mean. That's the only way. So I think there might be one more that we should probably cover. Yes. And that is, let's say, Dylan Cousins. So Dylan Cousins is his ranking kind of all over the place. He is anywhere ranked between uh, – he's ranked three by Central Scouting for North American Skaters. He's ranked four by McKean's. He's ranked five by Bob McKenzie. Um, but he's ranked eight by Hockey Prospects. So he's kind of all over the place in his rankings. Uh, he is six foot three, 185 pounds. So he's a big guy. He is NHL size, but again, he's 18. And he plays in a league where you cannot move until you are 20 or have played four seasons. So it's, I feel like this draft is very center heavy. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of centers, uh, and Cousins is a center. So it's what do you got? And wing. I'm sure he plays a little bit of wing as well. Well, if you think about it, any center like... can play wing really. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You could transition him, but again, his natural position is center. Center, so yeah. Have you have you looked up uh, cousins? Have you done some research on him? 
Yeah, I have him here. Um, just for you guys that don't know, he plays for Lethbridge Hurricanes in the WHL. Again, another Western Hockey League player. He's actually one of the few NHL prospects that's ever come from Yukon, which is like one of the northern territories in Canada. So no one lives there. <laughs> no one lives there except for this <laughs> kid, apparently. <laughs> um, he played on one of the Canadian red teams, which played the games in uh, in Edmonton at the new arena, the place was like rammed, like every single game. It was, it was insane. But anyway, so yeah, he played for that team. He had seven points in six games, so he had six assists. Looks like he's more of a playmaker than a scorer. However, then you go to the Western Hockey League in this year, he had 68 games played with and 84 points. He had 34 goals and 50 assists in the Western League. Now, you guys know this here. Anthony Manta had like 126 points in the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League his last year. So sometimes they don't don't, um, translate to the NHL. However, you know, if you get even half of that, then you have an impact player on your hands. Yeah, absolutely. And he's another one that I've I've gone on. And if you go on YouTube, a lot of the forwards that are in the Canadian leagues, you can find really good highlights packages on them. Cousins is one of them. So he get, he's he's got pretty high end hockey IQ. He has good ice vision. He's a good pa- uh, first pass guy. So there's, it's kind of like I said, pass three is kind of a, our pass two is kind of a crapshoot. And if you go say six, or you go five, and someone t- takes Bow and Byram at four, or they take him at five, and you go six, I think. I think Cousins is your only other choice to go there because then you go down and you could pick Peyton Krebs, you could pick Kirby Dock, you could pick uh, Trevor Zagris. A lot of people are saying they want Zagris. They say they think Zagris should be a top three guy. People are saying that Boldy should be a top three guy. There are a lot of people saying that we should trade the pick down to go get Spencer Knight. I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah, no, but- you don't draft a goalie in the first round. I'm sorry, you don't do it. I mean, sure, draft a goalie in the first round if you're picking in the the 20s because in the 20s you go, eh, we don't know if they're going to turn out or not. There's a there's a little more doubt generally in most drafts once you get past 10. Uh, so if I'm picking 20, if I am uh, the LA Kings and I'm picking 26, I might take Spencer Knight. If I am... The Hurricanes, and I'm picking in the 20s, I might take Spencer Knight. I would definitely take Spencer Knight if I was the Hurricanes at 20. Yeah. That's what they end up with. So doing the mock draft with Tankathon, it shows the Calgary Flames picking at 30 and picking Spencer Knight. Smart move. Flames need a goalie. So, like you said, you don't pick a goalie in the first round, but I say don't pick a goalie in the first round unless you're in the, the mid to low 20s. Yeah, because, I mean, theoretically, we're going to have a lottery pick uh, unless shit goes, shit hits the fan. Uh, so you have to be very, you have to hope that that's the case, and you have to hit on that pick depending on who it is. With, I mean, obviously, if it's Jack Hughes or Capo Caco, you know, either way, they're going to, you know, hopefully hit on that pick. But then if you get the third pick, that's where it gets dicey. You know, you don't know where you're going to go at that point. So I'm saying, Tyler, we land at four. Who are you taking? I would say Bowen Byram. Okay, so you would jump Byram up to four. 
Yeah, just because the defend. I mean, I know you usually draft skill before need, but in this case, I think you have too many centers. Now, Jack Hughes comes in. That's that's a that's a whole different story. You know, Jack Hughes is probably better than Milano. He's could be even better than Larkin at some point. So, you know, if you get Jack Hughes, you get Jack Hughes, which is you know it could be unlikely, but we'll see. Anything can happen. And if you get Kako, then I mean that's that's probably the best case scenario you get in Kako. Absolutely. Because, because you need goal scoring. You don't have a lot of goal scoring. You kind of traded it away with Tatar and Nyquist. Uh, not that Nyquist is a huge goal scorer, but Tatar was last year. And you know, and you don't know what the future is going to be with Athanasiu, whether he's going to be a center or a winger, or if he's going to be here or not. Obviously, the, Kako would be a huge addition. But then after that, I mean, who knows? Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, you just got to hit on the pick or try to hit on it anyways. Yeah, but every it's the same as every draft. Every draft, you just if you're out of that top five picks, you just try to hit on whatever you can. Yep. Yeah, and, and, this and what do you think? Do you, th- do you think you draft for need versus, you know, skill? Or if you get three or four? If you get three... I think you you draft skill, but I think even at three, your skill also matches your need. Uh, if yeah. you like, I said, if you have any doubt about Podkolzin, your skill matches your need in Bow and Byram. I'm not going to say that there's much of a a skill difference between Cousins and Byram because they play two different positions, but they both play them at high level. Yeah. yeah so it's interchangeable. I think at four and five, depending on what your need is. And even at three, Uh, one and two, I think are a lock. Three seems to be a lock depending on your, your belief of, of KHL players moving. But I think four five and maybe even six are interchangeable because of position alone. They've all got good size. They're all pretty tall besides Peyton Krebs. He's a little shorter, but it's like, it's the crapshoot. I mean, you're number one overall guy is five foot 10 161 pounds which is in no way a nhl build but you can bet your last dollar that he'll be playing in the nhl next season yep Yep. so i think you go one of course you're picking jack hughes two capo caco is a lock i think three four five are pretty interchangeable depending on your belief system yeah i think uh I think what's going to happen, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but it might, if, if I were to predict, I would say that Colorado will be in the lottery via Ottawa. Detroit will be in the lottery. And then the other team will be in the lottery will probably be LA. LA, or it could be another team as well. Jersey. Jersey, yeah. Uh, I mean, so your guess is as good as mine what's going to happen there. I mean, time will tell. Two weeks from now, we'll, we'll know who's going to be uh, picking at top of the draft. Yep. Well, we know who's going to be picking at top of the draft, but what the order is going to be, I should say. Yeah, and we will do a, a show. So in two weeks, our show will be after the ninth to go over the how the bingo balls fell. And then what we will do is we will do an in-depth profile about who we believe the Red Wings are going to draft at the position that they roll into. If it's one or two, you're going to hear a crap ton about Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. If it's three, by then we will have made our definite decision on who we are drafting at three. And that will be our topic in two weeks. All right. So I have a really stupid, well, I don't know if it's stupid, but 
I have a question for you. Now, let's just say the Red Wings like what they have in Valeno and Larkin, and they get the first oh, no, overall they pick. They like what they have in Valeno and Larkin. They have the first overall pick, but they really want Kako. Do you do what – I'm just going to throw a basketball reference in there because that's – I'm just going to throw that to you. Um, the Celtics had the first overall pick a few years ago, and they traded it away to Philly and moved back to – three or four and took Jason Tatum, who was a tremendous player out of Duke. So do you do something like that where you move back to two and then still get assets? I mean, I would, why not? Oh yeah. If, if, you, you... if the player you want is Capo Caco, the team wants Jack Hughes. They're not in the lottery. They're willing to give you a ton and you still get the player you want plus assets. I would do it in a heartbeat. So what I would do is if I come up one and I even said, I might take Capo Caco at one. So if you come up one and you say, I wouldn't say Colorado because I don't think they really need a crazy good player right now. And they, I don't think they would care about trading you up to number one, but say that if I come in at one and LA comes in at two and LA says, we will give you the number two pick and a prospect and we will take Justin Abdelkader from you. See you later. Good luck. I'm doing I'm doing that deal all day. If they take a crap contract, they switch picks with us and give us a prospect. That's a home run. Even if they switch picks with us and take one of our crap contracts like Nielsen or Abdulkader all yeah. day. Yeah. I'm switching Absolutely. back and taking Capo Nielsen's gone and putting Valeno in the lineup. Like win all around. Yeah, that, that's a win so, win win situation for the Red Wings. I just you know, I, I feel like it's going to be in the top three. I just could not tell you where it's going to be. Yeah, I can't either. But it, it, like I said, if you come up one, if you have an offer to switch to two, do it. If not at one, I'm I'm okay with either Hughes or Kako at this point because we need scoring and you could always use the most elite player in a draft. So I'll tell you what, the thing that scares me a lot about Jack Hughes, it, it, it's the fact that he's 5'10". What, what is he? What is he? Five ten one one sixty one. Yeah, that's not an NHL build. So no, like, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but if your best player is going to be five ten one sixty one, I mean, where are you going? You know, I mean, I guess in theory, Dylan Larkin would still be the best player on the team, and I'd be screaming if they got Jack Hughes. I'm just saying there are. And just because we do this, you know, we have the opportunity to criticize and, and kind of, you know, look at it from a different angle. You still have to have some concerns as a fan, whether he's going to last or not, you know, in the NHL. Yeah. With that well, Johnny Gaudreau's five foot nine, 165. He's still 165 and he's played yeah. since 2013, 2014. So he's not gaining weight because he's not but, that big. But here's the thing, Greg, you talk about Johnny Gaudreau. My dad just mentioned Marshawn. You like those guys are wingers. This the Jack Hughes would be a center. Can you name me one center that's tiny? Uh, not off the top of my head. No, most centers are above six feet because yeah, centers most centers have, are big. They have a slightly more defensive role to them. So you're right. Most centers are a little bigger, but I think with his his level of skill, I think Without might be way. able to overtake his his height issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think, I think that is where we're going to wrap for tonight. So Tyler, give me your final thoughts and your Twitter handle. My final thoughts are these games suck. 
I've been watching mostly highlights, and I haven't really seen many of the games. <laughs> Although I did see the win in Vegas. I was actually really drunk that night, and I was uh, screaming, actually, because that was awesome. That pass by Larkin was insane. I was actually at my buddy's house that's leaving for the Marines. Shout out, Ryan. We basically had a party, and I'm like, yo, can I just throw the rest of the Red Wings game on until overtime? He's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that happens right away. So, um, but then hopefully the bingo balls go our way and uh, we get what we want. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. My final thoughts are uh, my brain is becoming clearer from Mexico where I basically drank nonstop for four days, five days. I'm so glad you uh, had fun, Greg. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> hanging in with me on the first podcast back from, uh, you know, where it was nice outside to where it's not nice outside. Uh, but we will be back next week. Uh, with another episode where we will do a mailbag. So if you have any questions, please shout them out to us on Twitter or on Facebook or um, leave comments on wherever you're listening to us at, and we will get them and we will answer your questions. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the podcast online at Grindline Pod. Uh, don't forget to check out our merch, uh, Redbubble merch store. You go to our Twitter. We've tweeted out several times. We're selling shirts like hotcakes, which is great because it helps us pay the bills. And then it will eventually help us buy things like microphones and uh, fun stuff like that. So, Or maybe uh, get us all together for for a game next year. Sell a million t-shirts. We could all get together for a game. (laughs) But go check out our merch. Uh, You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, radio.com. Tune in uh, pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast. We are there. Uh, And then go follow us on Twitter, please. Uh, But for Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.